Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of Property Mastermind with Hillary, this week with Hillary and Bob. Bob's joining me and we're going to be talking about how to get started in property development when you have a job. So potentially how do you leave your job, if you want to, to get into property development full time? Okay, let's jump into the episode. Hey Bob, welcome. Oh, great to be back. Another episode. Another episode. Oh, it's exciting. I'm loving these podcasts. Fantastic, me too. Me too. <laughs> Although it's, it's very, we're recording this one very early on a Monday morning and it's a bit, bit weird getting up this early and sort of sitting here amongst the lights and yeah, it's kind of a bit weird, hey? Oh, yeah. But hey, we're talking about our favourite subject, so. Yeah, we started it. weird about that? We started it in bed this morning. I'm like, hey, let's film a podcast. And yeah, off we yeah. went. So, yeah. It's a subject a lot of people want to know about because I think some people, like, when, when they haven't done a development, they think, oh, it must be an enormous amount of time involved. And, you know, I've got a day job. Can I do it? You know, how's it going to work? It's going to be too much for me. It's not really the case, is it? Well, that was the reason we thought it was it would make a great podcast topic was because it, we know it's something that a lot of people do wonder about, do consider, want to do, aren't sure if they can. So, yeah, how do you get started in property development if you have a day job? And you just alluded to time, Bob, so mm. I'll let you go. Oh, time. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't realise that uh, there's not a huge amount of time involved, particularly doing a small development. You know, if you think about something small, it could be little two lots subby, even up to you know, three townhouses, four townhouses. What property development is, it's managing people and managing a process. It's not doing the work of the people at doing the process. You know, it's a coordination role. As you well know, you're involved in a few yourself <laughs> and done plenty in your time. That's the beauty of it, I think, is that we use experts' time and expertise to do our bidding as a property developer. You know, it's interesting as you say that, when you look at personality profiling, which is my thing as well, some people are process-driven and some people are people-driven. Mm. Ironically, with you and I, even though I'm quite extroverted, I'm actually, my first go-to is process-driven and your first go-to is people-driven. It doesn't mean that you can't do the other thing. It just means that that's your, just your internal compass. That's your north yeah. preference. That's what you prefer to do. So, mm. so you're more about organizing the people. I'm more about organizing the process, but it doesn't mean we can't do the other just as well. It's just, it's just not our preference. No, no. Like, I mean, if you think about the people, mm. the people, who are we talking about? Well, you know, if you just start with something small, let's say a two-lot subdivision, mm. the people, you have to find a site. So you'll be dealing with, say, a real estate agent or perhaps a buyer's agent, buyer's advocate, to mm. find a deal. They're the expert. They're doing most of the running around, the finding. Because I think at the moment, like we're talking early July 2021, that's the current bottleneck, as we talk mm. about, you know, bottlenecks, or there's always a, the bottleneck will move, whatever the, the current problem is. But that's yeah. the current, well, not we're, we're, when I say problem, that's the current hardest bit at the moment, yeah. potentially. Yeah, there's always a, as you say, a little bottleneck somewhere, you know, and time's gone past, it's been finance or something else, mm. or interest rates, you know. But if you think about back to that little two-lot subdivision, mm. so we've got a, an expert, if you like, finding a deal for us. And then once we're in there, we have to get an approval. Well, a consulting surveyor 
straight or a town planner, but consulting surveyor is good enough mm. to get the approvals. Yep. Then we need to design the services and things like that. That's a civil engineer. And then we need somebody to connect the services, more like a plumber drainer. So in a way, you know, there's four key experts in there, but they're the ones that, that do all the work. Yeah, you don't go out there and connect anything. The last thing we got there is, <laughs> is just humans, normal, Good everyday God, people out there doing no, that sort of stuff. No, don't want to do that. No. Yeah, as, as you've heard me say, you know, 38 years in property development, I've never picked up a tool on site. No. Never. No, maybe at home on a weekend I'll pick up a tool. Badly. I'd rather go fishing. <laughs> but, and so what we're saying is that we've got experts there doing the work. Absolutely. So we're just managing those people and the process that they're doing, mm. that they're completing. Yeah. So, so it makes it quite achievable. Yeah. Well, the process is find a site, mm. get an approval, do whatever construction's required and sell it. Mm. That's a quick so easy. process. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got the experts to help you find the site. Mm. You've got the experts to get your approvals. You've got the experts to do the design side, you know, connecting sewer and water and that. And then you've got the people that actually do that, make those service connections and perhaps put in a, a driveway. And so you're not doing any of that. You're just coordinating it. Yeah. So what you're saying is there isn't a huge amount of time. And so it can be done while you have a job because when we're saying how do you get started in property development while you have a job, we're alluding to the fact that potentially you want to give up the job and once you've done this a few times, there's going to be enough income hopefully to yeah. replace, well, <laughs> if you've done right, uh, enough income to replace what your current job pays and you can do this yeah. or not. You can run both. Mm. On something like a simple two-lot subdivision, I've worked it out because I've done, you know, I cut my teeth on that and we still work with people that do things. Mm. It's probably about 40 to 50 hours work tops. And let's say average might make $100,000. That's a couple of thousand dollars an hour if you want to convert it back. That is not a bad hourly rate. It's a good hourly rate. <laughs> and and if, you, if you listen to episode three where I talked about ways of finding extra time, wow, could you find it? And that, those 40 or 50 hours that, aren't at the, no. they're spread out. Yeah, exactly. And that's the developer's hours. Mm. It's not the consulting hours. Consulting hours, the, yeah. the people that you pay. And mm. look, you could step it up. Let's step it up to three townhouses because now we're building something. We're you know, constructing some townhouses. And we have some more experts in there as well, you know, mm. because we have to design. We've got architects and we've got engineers doing different things. But it's the same story. They're experts who are putting in their time and their expertise. You know, they went to university, they learned what to do. They've been in the marketplace honing their skills mm. and they work for us. Our builder, I think of a builder, think of when you're building, think of those three townhouses. Now, that might be a six-month construction job for the builder. Who are you dealing with during that six months of construction? You're the builder. The builder. <laughs> yeah. That's all. As a developer, we deal with the builder. We're not dealing with the subcontractors. That's the builder's job. So, that if, you know, done correctly and time efficiently, there's no reason why that can't be done in your lunch hour or after work. Yeah, and some people have a job where they sneak in some development time Ooh, in the day job. I do. A little bit naughty. I maybe. do work with a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I remember going to a workshop in Melbourne. I think it was Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And one of your mentoring students at the time, it was probably before I came I think on I know board. What you're say. Uh, yeah, he, he rocks up to the three day workshop. Because people are going to do a workshop and then they can come and re-attend a workshop. That was probably my fifth one by then. And he 
I saw this guy come in and he's wearing board shorts and a t-shirt. He had thongs on and he's carrying a Coles bag with, I think, like a drink bottle and, and, a, and a pen and a notepad or something. And I'm like, oh, I, I think you got the wrong room, mate. <laughs> sort of yeah. thing. He rocks up to this three-day workshop and he was a property developer just doing a refresher. And he was doing really well. So what he would do, he was FIFO. So in his, he was working in. What's FIFO for those that don't know? Oh, sorry, fly in, fly out. And he was working up north in the mines, wasn't he? In north, Western Australia. North of Western Australia in the mines, yeah. And, and so on his lunch break, he would make phone calls over to the east coast of Australia. What was he developing at the time? Well, I, um, he, he was doing a project in Byron Bay. Yes. Was, I think it was six or seven townhouses. So there he is doing, doing a project, six or seven townhouses. And so he'd go and work for a while coordinated development at the same time and then you just take like a chunk of time off like a year and go surfing you know around the world at the mm. time because you could but he's done that quite a bit he's done he? he's done several projects so he came into the program oh it might have been initially around you know 2012 yeah and he'd, he'd come back to do one of the refresher workshops mm. when when you met him and that's what he'd do and you'd say, oh, what, what have you been doing lately? He'd say, oh, well, I finished that project. I made, you know, three, four, five, six hundred thousand, whatever he did. And then he'd take some of that, as you say, to the world. He, he might be, you know, three months surfing in Bali. He spent a lot of time surfing in Bali. And he'd be like, you know, West Coast. States, or well, it could be anywhere where there's surf. The most Europe. unassuming guy. It was so funny. When I saw the Coles bag, I was like, oh gosh, what's going on here? And like, he wasn't, it wasn't like night, you know, really crisp, well, Washed boardies. They would just, he looked like he'd sort of grabbed them out of a bag and threw them mm. on. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he's, he was, you know, doing very well as a property yeah. developer. But just making, doing it in his breaks. Making far more money than, you know, a lot of people walking around the town in, in suits and yes. ties and, you know, driving expensive leased cars and everything. Here he is with his coals back. <laughs> <laughs> but doing, like, but, but he was able to do that. Just phone calls in his breaks. Hey? Yeah. That's the, that's the, Thing, you know, yeah, funny situation, but he he managed a very good profitable project from the other side of the country, working after work and and lunch hours, mm. coordinating because he didn't have to be there. Mm. I remember asking him, I was like, "How did you do it?" Because yeah, I just just made all my phone calls at lunch and my lunch breaks. I was like, "Wow, mm. impressive!" And that was that one. He's gone on to do more, hasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the thing is though that like he did have the education up front. Oh, absolutely. Can't Google the stuff. Can't say it over again, over and over and over. Plug time. Uh, Propertymastermind.com.au. We've got well, great yeah, courses available. Yeah, he wouldn't have done it if he hadn't learned no. how to do it, which yeah. is obviously doing a course. But once you got the knowledge, you got it forever. So he's just putting what he learned into practice from the other side of the country, you know, 2,000 miles away, whatever Amazing, it is. Amazing, hey. Whatever that is in kilometres. Oh, he's a bit of a larrikin too. I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. I hope you listen to this and you'll know who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you'll know who he is if he hears us talking about it. So some other people that attended the workshop. No, oh, gosh, it was funny. But even – so a lot of people start with renovating. You know, mm. I always talk about that. People you don't that, have to, but a lot no. of people do that, come that path, don't they? Yes, I th we think it's easier, and I certainly started with renovating. But it actually, unless you're going to get somebody to manage your innovation, which can be a bit more costly if you're doing it to make money, you'll generally do mm. a lot more of it yourself. And that actually takes up far more time that, that I have learned now switching to the developing side. That renovating just takes up far more time. Nothing against renovating. No, I love it. Still love it. You love it. 
You love it. Yes. <laughs> but you're into development more. Yes. And, and sometimes as a developer, we still have to renovate. I mean, you know, sometimes we might buy a, a property, we've got a house at the front, we might be putting, you know, another house or a duplex in the backyard, mm. and we want to renovate the front. I think though with that sort of renovation and when it's about developing, we're more than likely going to be paying people to do it. Whereas the renovating I'm talking about is when we're a bit mm, more hands-on, hands on. which is a lot harder when you're working. I mean, it's still doable. Plays like, havoc with your nails too. Oh, absolute havoc. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I, I guess, yeah, what you're saying there, a lot of people come up through the ranks, mm. if you like, doing a, a renovation first, and then they think, well, you know, I've got that nailed, I've done some renos, I think the next step is to do a small Hang property. on a minute, he's got it nailed. A small Excuse property the pun. development. No, oh, I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> but it's quite different, isn't it, in terms of managing people and managing a process that we do in development mm. compared to doing a renovation, if you think about it. Like, as you said before, when we're doing a development, it could be three townhouses, whatever it is, we're dealing with one person. Mm. Now, that could be a six-month build, but as a developer, we just deal with the developer. Mm. Renovating, there's a whole string of people. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of cleaning up goes on in renovation. Yeah. I mean, particularly if you're doing like a cosmetic renovation. Yeah. Not a structural one where we might be putting a second level on a house or adding extra rooms. It's mm. more structural. But a good cosmetic renovation. I mean, think of how many tradies you have to deal with. Mm. And. We did talk about this earlier. Like, if you're doing a development, you're pretty much your builder will coordinate. You know, once the development started, the other stuff. But when they you're do. when you're doing a renovation, it's your role to. I mean, you don't. You're not doing a renovation, and your builder goes, "Oh, finish now. I'll ring up the painter for you." That does not happen. No. If you're doing a cosmetic reno, you can't really afford to have a builder in the middle because no. you end up making nothing. No, uh, unless the market's just going through the roof, in which case you could have made the money without the reno. But um, well, you think about you and I right now, like we've got Retirement Village hmm. and, and that's a little bit consumer heavy sometimes, but I mean, that's from a laptop point of view hmm. and that's more your big baby. It's a big baby. And then I've got something going on, a, a development going on in Western Australia, which, you know, really takes up not well, they're, very they're, much of my time at all. That's the opposite to what we just talked about. Someone in WA doing a development on the East Coast. Now we're talking about somebody in the <laughs> East Coast involved in a development in WA. And I'm even a bit more. I'm even a bit more savvy. I'm not really big on detail, like reading contracts, and I even outsource that to Bob. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, Can you read this for me? You outsource a bit to me, but then you know, why wouldn't you? That's yeah. what that's what property development is about: coordinating people. You just happen to coordinate me sometimes, mm. you know. Like, and you do the same with me all, for the all retirement the, all like, the time. Yeah, on the investment front, because you know you're dealing with the investors mm. because you're you know such a. Good worker with people. <laughs> there you go. Even though I'm processing, anyway, I'm following a process. Anyway, yes. Anyway, back to it. So, like, like even on a Renault, like, I mean, you think of a cosmetic one, there'd be some carpentry, there'd be cabinet making, there'd be painting, there could be a bit of plastering, there'd be, uh, you know, tiling electrical. and electrical, plumbing, carpet. I mean, it's, you're dealing with a lot, a lot of people. And uh, whereas in property development, it'd be a bigger thing, you know, so let's say three townhouses compared to a cosmetic Renault, but, but that whole build stage, you just deal with one person, the builder. The Which, builder deals with all the suppliers, all the tradies. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it so much easier when mm. you're in a job to be able to, you know, to coordinate that's, that sort of thing. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know, because the subject is about, you know, how to get involved in property development while you have a job. Uh, and, and that's why you can, because all these people 
are doing the work. You have to coordinate. I mean, you can't mess up. You have to know the process. You have to know the people that's required. You have to communicate. Mm. You have to communicate, you know, what you need done. You have to, um, if you like, manage them to make sure it does get done mm. on time. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit to it. I'm not, I'm not belittling what you have to do in a development. But what I am saying is that it's, it's primarily a coordination role. Mm. And often people do, in fact, the next episode or the one after coming up, I interview Mary Brownell from uh, Hobart. And Mary started. Oh, Mary's awesome. She's such an inspiration, really worth listening to. But she started off, she fell into renovating because she basically had to. And she ended up in a property that needed fixing. And then she kind of liked it. And then bought quite a big property in the centre of Hobart and has ended up developing it and created something pretty amazing. And I don't think Mary will go back to Reno's. I don't think she will after talking with her. I think that that won't be, you know, she's really enjoyed the development process, creating something pretty spectacular and was able to do it with way less hands-on. Yeah. And it became her job. This is now Mary's job. A bit more than a two-lot subdivision, that one. Yeah, it was about it was like 23. It's huge. Mixed, mixed use, yes. commercial and residential. But, hey, she got there mm. and things popped up, road bumps, detours, you know, things you got to deal with, you know, mm. property development we're talking about. So, uh, but, but you get there, you know. If you've got that resilience and the determination, you get there. And not everybody wants to leave their job. They Some people just want to do the developments to increase cash flow or just have mm. an injection or they, they, they want to create something. So it could be personal. But if you do want to leave, you know, the, the nine to five or whatever yeah. it is that you do, it is completely possible. But generally, well, I think what we're alluding to is that some people or well, most people do a couple or at least do one, generally two developments, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's handy when you start off to to have a day job, shall we call it, a job for finance reasons. Oh, yes. You know, if you're buying a, um, let's say you're going to do a simple two-lot subdivision, it, it might be that you're buying, you could be buying a house and, you, and you know, you're going to cut a block of land off because there's excess land. It could be that you're going to demolish the house. Mm. So you're buying a, a not a very good house, if you like, in a good area, and you're going to demolish it and, and cut the land in, into two. Well, to get that loan, you need income. You have mm. to have serviceability. Well, there are other ways, as we know. Yes. Uh, but if you're going to do that yourself, then then it's good to have that job to get going. And, and a lot of people do, as you say, do a couple of projects before they, if you like, transition. Do you think there's a magic number on that, Bob? Like how many? Not really, because it depends what you start off at. Mm. You know, if you think of, you know, the people that have joined our course over the years, it, it's a huge range of people. You know, we've had people... I'm thinking one person that joined, never done development, joined up to learn. They had $5 million cash in the bank mm. and, and lots of assets. But then we have a lot of people that, that don't have much, uh, but they realise that you can make a lot of money in a hurry mm. if you do it properly, property mm. development, and that there's other ways of financing it, mm. you know, joint ventures and those sorts of things. Mm. So, so, so that's like the other end. Mm. So people... I just saw advertising, you know, how once you start, once you're in property, you just keep getting spammed. I think my laptop (laughs) listens to me and I just get lots of, lots and lots of uh, adverts about property. But 
I just saw somebody who has a new person to the block who has a course and they said that you have to do two. And I thought, I thought maybe it is quite an average though. But yeah, I hearing you say that, yeah, it depends it, where you're coming it, from. Yeah, it depends on that. You can't yeah. just be pragmatic and say two. I mean, you might say, well, I've looked at 20 people and the average is two. You can say that. Yeah. No, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. And there's people that never give up their job that don't want to. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the school teacher at the moment, I'm not thinking of a doctor. They do property developments, but they see their their job not as a job, they see it as a career. Yes. The teacher I'm thinking about is a career teacher. They just love teaching. They love, you know, working with students and that sort of thing. That's their but they they develop on the side and make far more money out of that than they do out of their teacher job. Mm. And I'm thinking of a of a doctor that, that doesn't won't give up his job. Mm. Uh doesn't want to, but is developing. Mm. Uh now doctors make good money. But property developers make good money too, and so he's away. He's got, he's got a very good income stream, but he's more interested in developing and holding property as an investment. Mm. Like he makes plenty of cash income, if you like, being a doctor. Uh, so he doesn't necessarily need to sell the properties he makes for more cash. He holds them, and as developers, of course, we can create investment properties really cheap or cheaply. So so that's his thing. But he, he won't stop being a doctor. He, he was born to be a doctor. Mm. He loves, you know, shall we say healing people, but, you know, that's that's his passion. Mm. Property development is his other passion, and, and he's managed to do both. I noticed that a lot of people in our community, property is such a passion for them. And as you're talking about that person there, it reminded me of somebody else who he was in the mentoring program, obviously finished now, and he was working full-time. And it was his goal to become just a property full time. And he managed, I think he worked himself down to two days a week. And then from two days a week, he's now full time property developing. And it wasn't, I do know that he worked, he worked really hard. Mm. I, I would say if we asked him, he would say that he did work quite hard because he was quite driven to get there reasonably fast uh, yeah. to replace his income and he wanted to keep some of the properties. Yeah, so he had quite a good strategy. He had a plan. He had a goal. <laughs> so he knew exactly what he wanted and he got there. Mm. But he did work. I remember his house was full of plans and, oh, yeah, he, I remember, he was telling me about it. I was like, wow, you're amazing. But, yeah, yeah his journey he, was – He lived and breathed it. He totally eventual transition. I think that's what I mean. I think a lot of people are really passionate about. Well, you are. You have to be passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. You have to love property, but you have to have a real desire to want to be a property developer. There's so much to it. Like there is so much to property developing. It's just not by, you know, create a property. You learn so much, like just finance and structure. And there's so, it's a very, very interesting topic. It's like, an exciting, interesting topic. Oh, so exciting. You've got to do it properly. It's like anything. You know? Oh, you don't want to mess it up. No, no. It's not learning how to make a good fruitcake. Mm. You, you know, if you don't, this one doesn't work out. Mm. You can just, you know, throw a $10, $20 fruitcake in the bin. What about, you had that couple that down in the ACT. Oh, yeah, that couple. Well, that's a few years ago now, but the situation there was there was a couple, a husband, wife, and, and two small kids. He got a really good job in the ACT. So they moved up from, from Melbourne for, for him to, you know, he was like, if you like, the breadwinner mm-hmm. in the family. And the, he took on this, this good job up in the ACT, well-paid job uh, in IT. His wife did the property development course. Mm-hmm. And what she wanted to do did, is, she, did he not even come? He, she just did it on her own? Yeah. Well done. 
and her her goal was to get involved in property development. She'd, she'd always liked property. Mm. I think they might have had an investment property as well. Uh, but she decided, okay, I'm going to do property development because she knew that it didn't have to straight away like be a 40-hour-a-week job. Mm. I mean, Especially the, the hours would shock you how, how little they are. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and so that was what she did. So she did the course. And from the ACT, she started to develop back in Melbourne. Now, she grew up in, uh, in Geelong and they'd lived there and her mother still lived there. And so it was a market she knew really well. She knew that market far better than the ACT because mm. they hadn't long moved there. And she started doing developments back in Geelong. And uh, it's also an opportunity for her to go back and see her mum from time to time because you don't, you know, you can develop remotely. Well, we both are right now. Hmm. I developed a retirement village in, in Victoria and I only visited the place five, after it started, five times. Wow. Because I had a good team at the other end. Yeah. Managing the people. Yeah, you can manage them from anywhere with technology. Anyway, uh, so she started developing in, in Geelong and it wasn't all that long. She had two young kids as well. Mm. It's not unusual, as you well know, for, for lady developers to, you know, have kids, younger kids, kids at school and, you know, sort of coordinate that very important, most important role with something like property development because mm. you can do it while the kids are at school. Mm. And uh, it reached a point not too far down the track which he was making as much money as he was and then surpassed his income, which, although it was a good income, in property development, it's, it's quite, quite possible, you know. Yes. I mean, you do a four town, I'll step it up a bit, even four townhouses, you know, in good suburbs in Sydney or Melbourne. I mean, you, you could make like 800 or a million dollars mm. and it might be a two year project. Uh, I'll scale it down to a two lot subdivision. You can make a hundred thousand out of, let's say, out of that, depending on where it is, of course, but. That's not unusual. And the amount of hours are really small. Mm. And uh, like I like to say, when was the last time you saved 100000 or even 800000 Or even 800000 <laughs> Or even for some people, when did we last save $800 or when yeah. did $8,000 or yeah. whatever? So, so I guess what we're saying and, you know, the examples of people and what we're talking about is, you know, coordinating people, coordinating a process. It's not a huge hourly thing. And we talked about, you know, some interesting people that, that have done that mm. and, and done it while they've had jobs but then made that transition. Mm. And generally they do have, they're going to do that, they have that, they start with the, the end in mind. So there is a plan that that's what mm. they want to do. Not saying you have to but it's ideal because it gives you a process to follow, it gives your brain a direction to go. Yeah, it just gives you, you know, probably you're more likely to achieve that as a goal if you actually set one, set it as a goal. No, oh, you'd know all about that. I sure do. It can be done. It's been done time and time again and continues to be done with mm. the, you know, the students we're working with at the moment. So I suppose just to summarise, Bob, how do you go from working and let's say working full-time or you know working to full-time property development to replace your income? In summary, what would be your advice for somebody who wants to do that? Get educated while you still have the job. Definitely get start your first project while you have a job. And, and maybe you want to go through that into a second one. Who knows? You don't have to. Uh, there's no set rules about it. But time your transition. If you're going to move out, maybe time it when the profit's coming in f- from a project. Let's say it was your second project that, and once you've done your second project, you want to transition across to property development, then time it when the income's coming in. So, you know, it, it, it could be um, – your second one might be three townhouses, let's just say it was, 
and there might be, you know, $450,000 coming in in profit. Well, time it for around that point because now you've got, suddenly got 450000 landing in. And you've got time to and, spend and, it. <laughs> well, and you pay, look, you've got to pay tax, but I mean, that same thing with, with your job. Beautiful thing about property development, because you can structure yourself differently from a job, uh, the tax is a lot less on, on what your earnings are, you know. Mm. Uh, so that's another big advantage of getting out of your, your job where you just, you know, get smashed for tax. And then, then you can make that transition. If you're stepping up into that size project, you know, three or four, then you tend to talk more about commercial finance than retail. And with commercial finance, your, your income is less of an issue than it is when you're just financing through a retail bank. So you don't have the job, but there's commercial finance, there's commercial banks, there's non-banks, there's private equity. So there's, there's lots of ways of financing things where that income uh, isn't that you know, requirement like it might have been when you first bought that little project, that house, you know. Mm. And so that's it as well. And as you get going, I mean, you can think about things like uh, joint ventures or joint ventures with money partners or loan partners as well. You know, you can learn how to do that. And uh, there's, you know, op- there's opportunities of, of financing things, you know, personally or, or, or through through investors, you know, as you grow, as you learn. And when you say about you know, leaving your full-time job to take up property development full-time, you probably wouldn't You wouldn't be working full-time. I mean, even if you had two projects on the go, you might only be working, you know, 10, 15 hours a week on average. Mm. I mean, during the construction phase of a four-townhouse project, you're probably only putting in, as a developer, about two hours a week. Mm. The builder is putting in hours and all the tradesy, tradies are putting in huge hours. But, but not as a developer. So that's how you do make that transition. Mm. I think you've got to time it and time it when the cash is coming in. Yeah. And then you're sort of moving into that area where your income, your serviceability is, is a lot less of an issue. And then you can go from there. And, and how many projects you decide to take on or what size, that's sort of what you make your mind up as you're now a full-time developer, but not necessarily working 40 hours a week at all. Mm. Well, that was a great summary, Bob. Thank mm. you. You did just mention about using investors for developments because I do know for a lot of people that money is a bit of an issue initially. Well, they think it is. So I would think that we have an ebook actually available about chair developing. Um, so if, armchair developer strategies. Of armchair developer strategies. So if you would like a copy of that, actually I'll put a link below this, a link in the show notes, and you're welcome to download a copy of armchair developer strategies. And because both you and I work as armchair developers as well as it's de- real full active developers, I guess. Yeah. So, so armchair developing meaning you're investing in other people's projects, but you could read this just to, to understand a bit more about how armchair developing works. Yeah, from either the developer's perspective or the investor's, investor's perspective. perspective. Yes, and in case you're wondering about the squeakiness, there's a, little, there's a wee dog on my lap down here, so if you've heard a little bit of squeaking going on, it's her. It's not my chair. No, there was a little bit of, she's like it's dog. <laughs> sitting on, it's, she's sitting on my lap, so hopefully it wasn't too noisy for you. Thanks, Bella. I think that's everything, Bob. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. And, and you know, if you're thinking of getting into development, you can. You can do it with your job, and that's the recommendation initially. And then you can leave there and 
make it become your job. You'll probably want to because you'd be making far more out of property development than you're probably making out of your job. And that's usually what happens. So thank you for listening, everybody. Remember to share this with somebody who you think might be interested and maybe you've got a buddy you might like to do property development with. Maybe share the episode. Really appreciate people liking and commenting. And remember, I'm now giving away a free coaching session at every after every episode. So this week, giving out a coaching session to Zita. Zita, we'll be in touch with you. Thank you very much for the kind email. I would really love you to paste the comments underneath or and give us some great reviews because the more people that review us, the easier we are to find. And we're doing this so we hope that people who are interested in property development know that they can actually take those steps and get involved. So we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Bye.